The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS, that's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now... It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Thank you, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as mostly always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And we started recording Fighting About Space Jam. Yeah, because it's a great movie. It's on Hulu right now. If you want to watch Space Jam, go to Hulu and watch it. I had never seen the whole thing. It's one of the worst movies I have ever seen. It's like, it was obviously this corporate thing that they plugged Michael Jordan into, but it feels like Michael Jordan's the biggest egomaniac in the world. It feels so... They took two iconic 90s uh, properties. They took the Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan, and they said... What can they do together? That yeah. would be amazing. And they made a Nike everywhere. commercial, and that was enough. That was great. No. It, Bill Murray shows up? It, it feels like, yeah, all Bill Murray's cashing a paycheck. That is not a good time to be Bill Murray, by the way. No, he's doing great. It's pre-Rushmore. It, this is like when he's mo- making movies about taking an elephant cross-country. That's where Bill Murray is at this point. No, he's great. He's this is when he's great. in Kingpin for 10 minutes. You know what? We can't have this argument if you're just going to go, no, it's great. You have nothing to back it up <laughs> Well, with. Space Jam... It feels, like if Mike, it feels like Michael Jordan was the biggest egomaniac in the world and walked into Warner Bros. and was like, I got an idea. I play basketball with all the Looney Tunes, and we meet giant aliens, and we beat them, and everybody who meets me thinks I'm great. I <laughs> think that's the maybe, movie. Maybe uh, this is the... It's like a movie. There's a scene where he goes home and his family is perfect. Yeah, well, it was a Chicago in the 90s, man. It was perfect. It did not look like Chicago in the 90s. It looked like L.A. anytime at all. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at that scene and I'm like, I don't think any part of Chicago has ever been that warm. <laughs> That's too much. Uh, that's probably because we've been living in this ISIS uh, hellscape. Yeah, uh, last week we said we were going in. I got comments about how cold it was. Uh, yeah, we yeah. just got out of the coldest. I think it set a record. For it was negative twenty five on Wednesday. Um, Chicago River was completely frozen over yeah. as of Friday. It's rain. It feels like it's raining today, just because everything is melting. Because yeah. it went up to forty. Because the uh, world is broken. Or did you work from home or? I, yeah, uh, yeah, which was, whoa, that wasn't good. Um, I love to work from home yeah. because I'm introverted. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have to leave my home. <laughs> yeah, which is why I put a microphone in front of my face and talk to one person a week. Right. <laughs> uh, but think of all the people that listen. Oh, yeah. I put it in a way that they can't talk back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can comment on our Twitter and Facebook feed, but it's days later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but everybody was home and that was a problem because. Yeah. Everyone's um, cooped up. Well, and my. My wife does a lot of conference calls, so she got the office, so I'm in the living room with the boys, and yeah. of course, work is not slowing down, and they decided it was the weekend, yeah. and they can't go out. Right. I threatened to put them outside, yeah, and then I'd have less children. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you'd probably be in some kind of legal jeopardy. It was very, very... So we were watching anything, so Space Jam came across. Oh, it was a good way to spend yes, those oh snow Oh my day. God, it was so bad. Wayne Knight's okay. 
Oh, and nobody's anywhere near any animated character. It is so much worse than Roger Rabbit. The way they integrated the live action and the animation. Go watch it again. Yeah, I don't know the last time I saw it, but I'm sure I'd really like, enjoy it. They're just kind of looking vaguely over at, at at somebody doing a cartoon halfway across your uh, across the screen. Yeah, it's like a, they're acting like a green ball on a, a string. Yeah, they're looking at green balls, which then they didn't line up. Right? Yeah, it's and it's all about like it's so basketball in the 90s where people are just like basketball it could do anything yeah they start off with him playing baseball because that was the thing at the well time. yeah he was gonna do baseball for a bit because he had already dominated basketball and then it didn't really work out so great yeah and then they were like just 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 go play basketball michael again. jordan made like two big michael jordan could do no wrong and no human being should be at a place where they feel like they can do no wrong but he did uh Two major problems. Uh, I would say three, including Space Jam. <laughs> uh, he he decided he was the greatest basketball player who ever lived. Well, he is. It's Muhammad Ali. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him yeah, that. He's, he's the Muhammad Ali of um, basketball. I'll give him that. So he's yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. But then he decided I could be a baseball player. Uh, a little overreach. He tried it and it didn't work. Yeah, a little. Overreach. And then there was this Haynes commercial where he decided to have a Hitler mustache. Yeah, I remember that. I was <laughs> going to say that would be the next. No reason. One, yeah. It's not like the commercial was about. Hey, Michael Jordan, you have a Hitler mustache and you wearing Haynes. Right. It. He's just got a Hitler mustache because yeah. you get to a point where you think you could just make anything work. Yes. Yeah. There's a. It's there's a limit, and he can do more than a guy like me. You know what I mean? Like, there's some things Michael Jordan can do. Because he's Michael Jordan, that I couldn't get away with, because I'm like a regular. Fella. Not a Hitler mustache, right? But that's he—that's a bridge too far. Everybody has a line. Yeah, and he went—he went over his. Uh, well, speaking of drawing lines, the news this week was DC uh, let a lot of people go. Yeah, um, ish. I mean, that might have been last week, but you know, I'm not crazy interested in yeah, it. Yeah, but, but I did think we should talk about it because. Uh, ho- hopefully this kind of stuff leads to like a good thing. You're not ever sad or happy that somebody loses their job unless that person should lose their job, uh, like people uh, in the Trump administration. <laughs> yeah, like everyone in the Trump administration. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the... Oh, jeez. Uh, I was just... This, that's hilarious. I was just uh, looking up. I want to make sure we had the names right, so I just put DC layoff, and then I, this Trump administration immediately came. Oh, up. because as in Washington. Yes. DC. Yeah, because most people don't think of a comic company when they hear the words DC for some crazy reason. Um, yeah, there were there were people that there was a rumor going around earlier in the week that it was going to be um, that Dan DiDio was going to be one of the. Yeah, people I was kind of hoping. A lot of people were kind of hoping. I mean, he's had his ups and he's had his downs. Uh, New 52 is probably the most successful. When you had a comic store, that's what put you into the black. Yeah, the was New 52 New 50, was like a And that's all timing. the deal. Yeah, because that was happening at September's a really bad time of the month for retail, for comics specifically, because kids are going back to school. And the New 52 kind of shored up any losses we may have had during that time of year. Like, we were expecting to go into, like, a rough patch, and we didn't because of the New 52, largely because of the New 52. Right. There were, se- there were seven layoffs, but they were all major people. So it was... Uh, um, but DC's been going through the shakeup, I mean, for the last three, four years, like... I think it all started when they were just like, hey, move to California. Yeah, I uh, I think the move to California idea was kind of like, uh, let's be near the studios. Uh, it's cheaper out here than in New York City. And it's like, um, well, well, it was also that was a very rocky 
right. Well, uh, period for them because they did that convergence that was kind of like a point. It was thing. and it was a bad event. Yeah, it was just yeah. it was just it was, to save time. Yeah, so they, they needed were like, a book. They needed placeholders for all their books. So they needed two months of specials. Yeah. So they were just like, uh, Batman and the Outsiders comes back. Everyone just write whatever book you wanted to do. Yeah, and and there let's do it six months there, early though. so we don't have to worry about having Batman seven oh three. Yeah, come there out. were some real gems in there though. Uh, do you know? Um, I think this guy's name, he's a really great artist, is Eric uh, Shanner. His middle name yes. is like Doc, Eric Doc Shanner. Yes. He did some really cool work on Flash Gordon for Dynamite that I highly, highly recommend to anyone who is even remotely interested in Flash Gordon. Uh, it was like uh, Jeff Parker wrote it, who wrote like Agents of Atlas Jeff and a lot Parker's of other cool He's Jeff, super underrated. Jeff Parker wrote all of Batman 66, and there was yes. not a single not a bad issue. Not a in single it. issue. Yeah. And Jeff Parker did, uh, we were just looking at this. Jeff Parker did the last work that Michael Ringo ever drew. Did yes. a Spider Man Fantastic Four team up. Yeah, I actually just got that omnibus, the Fantastic Four omnibus. I wonder if that's included in there. It might not be. Might not be because it, it's like Mark, Mark Wade didn't Wade, write it. Right. Well, that was a weird thing, too. I I just got um, on Comixology, which I can't talk enough about. Yeah, big um, fan. Yeah, since Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man relaunched, they put all of like the s- satellite Spider Man stuff on sale. Yeah. And they had a trade that was um, the complete Peter David Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man. Oh, cool. So it was everything after the other until um, they changed it. That stuff was good. It was good. Well, Peter David is good. Yeah. I mean, Peter David, there are times when he's been amazing and there's times when he's been good. Right. He's always a safe bet. Yeah, but what's interesting was Michael Ringo draws a lot of it and I forgot until this moment and I don't know what happened and I would love to know what happened. But Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man was actually created because Wade and Waringo were coming off Fantastic Four. And Marvel was like, you guys are an amazing team. You turned Fantastic Four around. Take Spider-Man. And just something happened where Mark Wade dropped out. Oh, I think I remember reading about this. Yeah, so Peter Dave, maybe it was because they were kicking off the first issue with the other, which was one of the worst crossovers. Yeah, that's Spider-Man eats a guy's face in that. Yeah, Mark Wade has a finite amount of patience. I feel yeah. like um, he's great. We've met him a couple of times. He has agreed to be on the show. We've never made the dates Someday. for it. Um, he love. He's one of my favorite writers ever. Yeah, love him as a person. Yeah, but there's always a moment where he's just like, "Nope, the hell with this." Well, In I, fact, he quit Fantastic Four. Yeah, he. Um... I don't think he's a guy that takes like a lot of BS, mm-hmm. and he's in a place in his career where he probably doesn't have to take a lot of BS. He he was kind of center in the whole comics gate thing too because he really took a stand. Yeah, on, well, that's uh, the thing. I think he does. He like against he, comics gate. By the way, <laughs> I yeah. feel like it behooves me to say. Yeah, he wasn't in favor. He no. wasn't Ethan Van Skyver. <laughs> but yeah, Ethan Van Skyver is a garbage person. But Mark Wade, I think, is kind of uh, you know has standards and morals and all these nice things. So he like he he and he stands by him, and it's like yeah, you he's like uh, it. like Jamal Igel, who's a good friend of ours, and he's been on the show multiple times. Yeah. these are guys who are just like they call I, out BS when they see it, which yeah. is refreshing. Unfortunately, uh, these guys are the type of guys that rub uh, corporate folks the wrong way, and and, and they're, I mean Mark and Wade f- walks away from stuff. Remember, he was out of DC and Marvel for a while, and he was yeah. uh, a. Uh, an editor, I think a dynamite or something, or boom, boom. yeah, because yeah. he had done like irredeemable. He went to cross gen back when that whole cross gen yeah. thing happened in the early 2000s. He dips his toes in the indie stuff, which is good because then you get to see him. He did that book Empire, Empire was that? really good, that was really good. And then he did, um, I think it was called Irredeemable or Incorruptible, yes, ir- Irredeemable, yeah, where it was basically like, what if Superman legitimately went bad, yeah, and it was like a really interesting, uh. This is a really good book for a while. It's like I didn't, I lost track of it eventually, but I remember those first couple story arcs were really good. Yeah, so I was reading this um, 
the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And it's really good. It's like Peter David with Waringo. And Waringo was never a fast guy. So it's like Waringo does an issue, goes away. Yeah. Comes back, does an issue, goes away. Um, he was uh, Fantastic Four. He took a six-month break, but he did everything else. Yeah. And Howard Porter does a story, which is actually – hard part is good. It was actually one of the best stories in that book. Yeah. And it's a much darker story, so I think – he was a better choice than Waringo was, but it I it started making me think. It was like, oh, what would it? What would Wade Waringo riding coming right off oh, of Fantastic Four, Four going right that run have been? And then Waringo did a few. He did a few issues of Friendly Neighborhood, and then uh, he and Jeff Parker, which is how we derailed. He and yeah. Jeff Parker did this um, Spider Man Fantastic Four, which I have a trade. I doubt it's in print now, but it's a nice story. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they meet aliens. It's it's that yeah, kind of thing. and that's the kind of thing. It's like uh, you know, there's an alternate universe out there somewhere where somebody got you know a full big Mark Wade yeah. and Micro Ringo run. There's on an alternate Spider-Man. universe where Micro Ringo lived and did this podcast because I used to talk to him on his blog all the time, and he was one of the nicest guys. And I met him at a convention. I have a I have a couple of pages that he drew. Yeah, and I had them at the time, and like I met him at a convention in the nineties and. And so it was like, I have some of your Robin pages, yeah. and they're great. And I want to find his, um, I can't remember what it's called. Super easy to find, I'm Telos? sure. Telos? Telos, yeah. Telos was good. When he passed away, I think it was a Dark Horse or Image, I think, was doing it. They put out, um, our, no, the hardcover was already out. They had a complete hardcover. Yeah. But it is one of those books where they plan to get back to it. Yeah. Like he, he went to do Telos. And then he came back to Marvel and did like that spent kind of and never made it before. back to tell us. And it was one of those where they were gonna pick it back up, so it just kind of stops. Yeah, uh, which in this day and age is hard to deal with. Now it's like yeah, it happens so frequently. It's something that will really easily burn me out on like other media with comics. It's something where it's like I think at some point I could get because it's like oh, there's only a finite yeah. amount of it to read, and it's a guy well, I really I, like. It was like I, got, I had the uh, omnibus of Straczynski's Thor. Loved it. It was, oh, it was yeah. better. It was better than a Spider Man. It was at the point where Spider Man was starting yeah. to go down. No, but that's like. Uh, but there's no ending to that's that. That's like peak Thor. But that's like n- Walt Simonson level good on Thor. But there's no. But it has literally no, no ending. ending. Where yeah, he where basically DC offered him Superman and he just left that month. Yeah, and then like Kieran Gillen took it over and it's just like he ran it into the ground. That Thor run, the, uh, the the last best issue of that Thor run is Thor 600. Uh, it's Thor versus his grandfather. Mm. He gets like... Uh, a boar? Boar, yeah. I have a Marvel Legends of boar. Yeah, and he looks exactly like Copial drew him in that Yeah, he's issue. very Copial. It's awesome. And that's one of the best... Uh, they had two really great fights in that Thor book, and that was one of them. That was just phenomenal. Just like him and this other Asgardian guy mm. like tearing up New York. The Dark Avengers show up and like Thor beats the tar out of all of them. <laughs> it's like, it was awesome. There's a great scene, I think it's issue two, where Thor comes back after Civil War. Where he and fights he, Iron Man? He doesn't he doesn't even fight him. He just he just taps yeah. Iron Man's armor with his hammer and chips it. Yeah. No, I think they do fight. Do they fight, like, fight? Yeah, Thor basically kicks the crap out of him and Iron Man's like, You didn't used to be this strong. Like, what happened? And he's like, I'm just not holding back anymore. You're a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, every other time we fought, it was like I was kind of going easy on you because you're just a guy in a metal suit and I shoot lightning. <laughs> it's so funny because uh now the aughts are history. So you can talk oh. about you can talk about Civil War Siege Dark Avengers era of Marvel as a separate thing. Yeah, it's crazy. But what's so funny is when you go back to Civil War I remember they marketed it as, hey, the whole Marvel Universe is going to split in two, and you decide where you're going to be. Yeah. And then by issue three, it's clearly like- Iron Man's a jerk. Iron Man's wrong. 
Yeah. But the, <laughs> he cloned Thor. <laughs> He's evil. But the funny thing is, that's 2007 when that happens. It's like 2006 is Civil War, 2007. And Iron Man becomes the most unlikable character in the Marvel Universe. A year later, Robert Downey Jr. is Iron yeah. Man, and he's the most popular guy. And luckily, Fraction and LaRocca were doing that run that was really good. Yeah, and they spent a lot of their time in that run trying to redeem him because it was yeah. like, oh, Norman Osborn has the access to everyone's secret identities. That's because of me. I should stop this. And World's Most Wanted right. is the best Iron Man story Next ever to written. Demon in a Bottle. It's and like Extremis. Those are, yeah, those um, are your big I think three. it's actually better than those. Demon in a Bottle is one issue. Yeah. And it's no, you're good. right, because it's, it's a longer run than yeah. both of those. And Extremis is good, but it's more about... It's more about bringing Iron Man into the 21st century. It was right. like, what would And the Iron art is really, Adi Granoff, yeah. it's the best work Adi Granoff did. It's like he, his That hush. guy was born to do Iron Man. Well, you know what happened to him. Yeah, he designed all the uh, movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They immediately, like he's done every armor basically. Yeah. Because I, I remember when that, they first showed pictures of Iron Man's armor. I was like, oh yeah, it just looks like Iron Man. Yeah. Like I was not surprised by the Mark III at all. Right. I was like, yeah, that looks like how you it's do Iron exactly Man exactly what he looks like. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to beat that Mark III. I have Honestly, a- uh, that's one of the things, that, you know, as much as I go on and on, I clearly love the MCU. Uh, I'm like, uh, I am the target audience for that. You really are, and especially because it's so Avengers-centric. Yes, well, that's what's so weird about it, because no one used to give a shit about the Avengers. Now it's everyone's favorite, everything. But... Um, one of the things I don't like that they do is that, like, the Mark III armor was, to me, that looked like it was the perfect-looking armor. Yeah. I, this whole, like, it's liquid nanotechnology is, like, that's too far down the rabbit hole. I don't like it in the books. I, that's the thing I didn't like about Extremis. I love the story. Yeah. And, and they mined a lot of it for Iron Man They 3. really did. Um, which I like Iron Man. I'll defend. Yeah, it's. The, Iron Man 3 and Batman Returns, I will defend to people. I'll watch Iron Man 3 still. I watch Batman Returns. Too. I like it more than Iron Man Two. Iron Man Two's a mess. I I, I kind of like the mess of Iron Man Two because I like Sam Rockwell and I don't mind Mickey yeah, Rourke Sam being ridiculous. Really good <laughs> there is that great moment of Sam Rockwell like trying to be Tony Stark when he's like, "Hey, better than some cheerleaders," and yeah. it just bombs. Yeah, he's great. Uh, and it's just like, um, I still like Iron Man Two. It's not great. Iron Man Three gets a Iron Man little Two away is like me. trying to do something different every twenty minutes, and that bugs me. Yeah, where Iron Man three is just it's Shane Black, just who I I'm not a fan of Shane. Black. I am a fan of Shane Black. I mean, Shane Black created Lethal Weapon. Yeah, um, I heard that Predator movie was god awful. I did hear that Predator movie was horrific. Um, <laughs> but Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is I never seen that. Oh, it's tremendous. I've and, heard it's and it's Rob Downey Jr. stars in it, and it's the reason that he did Iron Man three was Rob Downey Jr.'s like. Hey, I work with this guy on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. They, yeah, Favreau left, and they didn't know who to hire. Look, there's like uh. There's there's things on in Iron Man three that are great. The Mandarin twist is great. I love it. I love, ben K- I love Ben Kingsley's ben Kingsley. performance. I even like Guy. What's his name? Um, I love the fifty Guy armors P- flying around. Yeah, the fifty armors flying around. I think is great. It's like the the comical nonsense with the armor where he's like flipping upside down and like catching it, and it's like they got like two gimmicky. Silly oh, I like stuff. that that armor doesn't work. Yeah, it kind of bothers me. And then uh, I don't like that it's like a weird Christmas movie, which I always think that's is a Shane weird. Black thing because he's a weirdo. Um, I like the kid. We, my, the kid, my wife I and I still great. quote to still quote to each other. Like anytime she's cold, she goes, "I'm cold," and I go, 
Yeah, you know how I know that? Because we're, we're connected. connected. Yeah. It's still great. That's great. And um, Tony being like uh, MacGyvering all those weapons and breaking. They did a really cool Hot Toys. You should have kept it. I, I never it. got oh, it. Oh, you never got no, it. No, I, oh. I kept thinking of getting it. I didn't. What I do have is an Iron Man 2 Tony. Yeah, that's cool. With, uh, yeah, I wanted a Tony next to it. But they do have like a him in the hoodie and he's got the black eye. Yeah. And he's got all the crap in the backpack. And it was... There's a lot I like about Iron yeah. Man. I mean, I just have a lot of problems with it, and I, I love the whole uh, post-traumatic stress of Avengers. Yeah, that's when you start. That's actually that starts to build the Ultron story. That's one of the things I really liked about Iron Man Three was that it was it was the first movie uh, after Avengers, like the first yeah. one that came after. It and was it, the and they, and they, next Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah, and they were directly dealing with hey, this crazy thing happened, and it's like, oh, yeah, Iron Man, he was just a business guy, you know? Yep. He's not supposed to be fighting well, aliens. Well, he was just sucked into space. Like, right. he came closest to dying out of anybody in Avengers. Yeah. So it's like, they did do a lot of things right with it. They just, to me, they did a lot of things that were... That yeah, were no, wrong. I like it. I like, I defend it in the same way I defend Batman Returns. I'm like, I just go with how... It's one of those movies where, like, I wouldn't have made this movie. In a million years, right? Yeah, this I never. I could never. I would come up not have this. made this movie, but you did, and I'm willing to go with you where you're going with this yeah. movie. Whereas Iron Man Two, it's like, uh, hey everybody, it's Black Widow. Oh yeah, it's um, see, Demon like in a Bottle. Stuff. Oh yeah, it's uh, Justin Hammer. Oh yeah, it's War Machine. But I feel like it never comes together. The big problem with Iron Man Two for me is that the two villains in it, there's no mastermind in that because, uh. As much as I like the performances, both Justin Hammer and Whiplash are written to be masterminds, and neither one of them plays it like that. Mickey right. Rourke plays it like the thug. Yeah. He plays it like he is he's the boss battle you gotta get to. And Sam Rockwell is playing it so funny that he's not a threat. Yeah. So you have this absent center where you should have had a scary presence. Yeah, there wasn't like a really strong And villain. I think that's the movie that in Thor Dark World are the movies where Marvel's reputation for villains having lousy for sure. villains, yeah, which they've conquered. I mean, Josh Brolin as Thanos, that's enough. Well, yeah, and Killmonger. I mean, I yeah. think and Hela. So it's like the last yep. three villains have been really solid. Well, who's the Ant Man villain? Ghost was like okay. Ghost was a, well. There is no villain in Ant Man of the Wasp, which I find interesting. Everybody, everybody's trying to do the right thing in Ant Man of the Wasp, except Walton Goggins, but he's not that yeah. much of a threat. Well, he's just a guy. We just saw a guy yeah. annihilate half the universe. This oh, guy isn't gonna hurt nobody. We talked about Walton Goggins a couple of weeks ago because we were saying how he would have been a better choice for Carnage than um, oh, Woody, than Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. And you were like, "Who is he?" And I'm explaining all these things you haven't seen. And then after we did the podcast, I was like. God damn it, he's the thief in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I thought we knew that then. No, I think we just kept talking oh, in circles. We're bad at our job. Uh, yeah, Iron Man 2, there's things I do like about it, though. Like, I really liked uh, War Machine getting added. Iron Man I giving, think War Machine looks great. He, um, Don, Don Cheadle, Cheadle was way better, I think, than Terrence Howard was. Terrence Howard's not bad, but it's I like, always say this, but like, how much money did Terrence Howard ask for? He's insane. Where Hollywood went, no, no. no. <laughs> Don Cheadle. Yeah, I like Don, Don Cheadle. You no, know, Don Cheadle was already a big name. He had already been nominated for an Oscar before he did Iron Man. Oh, so you're saying it would have been really expensive to get Don, Don Cheadle, Cheadle was a bigger star when he joined Iron Man 2 than Robert Downey Jr. was when he joined Iron Man 1. Don Cheadle was is like, getting Don Cheadle was like getting Kate Blanchett for Ragnarok. Oh, no shit. I didn't he, know that. I just liked him because he was in... um. The Ocean's Eleven movies. Yeah, he was no, awesome. he's great. I like him. There is but, a really good Funnier Die where he's Captain Planet. 
Yes, I've seen that. It's He's really... awesome. But like the oh, War Machine show coming out on Showtime. Uh, stuff I really liked. I thought adding uh, Black Widow was awesome. I thought like I mean I was all on board, and she's never looked better than she did in that movie because they had that ridiculous wig. <laughs> that wig is terrible. No, I loved it. That curly wig at the end was great. This um, is another one of those arguments where I have reasons, and you just say no. I love it. It's great. It's we're a back, thing I love. We're back to Space back Jam. To Space Jam. At oh. this point, the topic of the episode is Space Jam. <laughs> Sam Rockwell is awesome in that movie. And yeah, I'm, but he's uh, not. But like I'm, I said, he's I get, not a threat. No, I get it. But it's like he's he, uh, that was a great uh, Justin Hammer. And then uh, all the Tony Stark just like giving Congress the bird is is awesome. Yeah, well, I kind of like having it's Tony a great, Stark be a bit of a mess in that movie. It's a great entrance. Well, the the interesting thing was that uh, I was just telling this story to somebody. They were the the party scene, especially where he's so drunk. Yeah, Favreau was deliberately building up to Demon in a bottle, and then when Avengers was such a massive hit, Marvel was like. We cannot take our most popular guy and turn him into an alcoholic. We're is, not doing that. Yeah, anymore. which is frustrating because it it would have. Uh, but they did did make they, him into a, a broken control freak, right? And I think there's like they there was a couple of different avenues for him to go down, and it's like uh, that was an interesting one we haven't really seen before. Demon in a Bottle is great. Daniel Neal did a great job of like kind of running. And it all was that. the defining Iron Man story for a right. very very long. But time. I think this idea of like Tony Stark being like, I'm so scared of aliens, I'm going to build an artificial death robot. Yep. to stop aliens it's like that's a very interesting avenue for the character to go well also um, they did first of all they didn't have ant-man yet when they did age of Ultron. right so they needed tony stark to well, build they were it, supposed to Hank because Pan. ant-man was supposed to come out like 100 years ago <laughs> yeah well um joss whedon said the original draft had avengers the original Ant-Man draft of avengers was he said it was the wasp show mm-hmm. because he was coming off of buffy and he just made wasp buffy and she was took over the whole thing yeah and then of course Edgar Wright um, couldn't get his shit together or work with Well, Marvel. Edgar Wright kept turning in drafts that Marvel didn't like. and I, I think it's like there's a lot of... There's, there's definitely a lot of control Marvel's exerting on their directors. Right. And I think Edgar Wright didn't want to play ball. It's the same thing that happened to Ed Norton. And guy didn't want to play ball. And Favreau after Iron Man 2. Although the interesting... Josh Sweden after Avengers Age of Ultron. Left. Yeah, although the interesting thing about Favreau is he just keeps showing up to act, though. He, yeah. He's not he's, so, he's not so bitter about Marvel that he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. He's like, I'll be happy Hogan in every Spider-Man movie. He's in Far From Home. Yeah. That's crazy. So he's like, I'm not directing another movie for you guys, right. but I'll walk around and yell at Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's great at that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Iron Man 2 is good. I like it. No. <laughs> well, the, I, Marvel went through such this, this interesting period where, um, you know, they didn't expect any of this to happen. And Favreau made such a good film that they were like, okay, that's the template. We'll make them all like Favreau. Everybody be snarky. It'll yeah. be a little funny, especially because... At the time, Christian Bale was Batman. That was the only so other serious, super thing, yeah. superhero thing. And then they kind of made everything like that. But then they let some guys off the leash, and then that didn't work out. You know, Edgar Wright walks off of Ant-Man. And also going back to Ultron, when they circled around and made Ant-Man, now, you know, uh, Scott Lang, there's no way Scott Lang could build Ultron. Right. And Hank Pym is part of an older generation. So if he was going to build Ultron, he would have built Ultron in the 80s. Right. There was no way to tie Ultron back to Ant-Man. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. It's like, I think initially it bothered me because I'm a big uh, Hank Pym fan. 
But, uh, but I, I do really like Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. Yeah, and that's why I think it kind of works. It's like, I don't mind them changing stuff in the movies. It's like, yeah, you got to kind of change things up. I've seen it in the comics already. Don't just adapt directly. Tony Stark and Bruce Banner venting Ultron, sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's, no, that works for me. And I like that movie. I know a lot of people take a dump on it. It's got problems like all these other movies do. I tried watching it yesterday. Couldn't finish it. Oh, see, I, I, I love that movie. What did I get? Oh, I got to the farmhouse. Yeah. It's a and little... I, don't hate the, I don't hate the farmhouse as much as... Um, as much as most people hate it, um, because of two words, Linda Cardellini. Yeah, she's great. Linda Cardellini's always great. She she was just on Mark Maron's podcast. Yeah, like within the last month, and she's exactly what you think she's going to be in real yeah, life. Yeah, that's cool. But um, yeah, Age of Ultron, that second one, it's it's not bad. It's the problem is, is like uh, Hawkeye sucks. He's Hawkeye my favorite Avenger, yeah, and that guy Jeremy Renner sucks. It's like he, he really bugged me yesterday when they're at the party scene, and that great scene where they're all lifting. Yeah, and when he goes, he's like, "The it's power, the whatever, man." And I'm just like, "You're a jock, get out." Yeah, it was like I, I don't know why. I've, I must have seen Age of Ultron seven, eight times. Yeah, in the four years it's been out, and for some reason, the way he said that would just made me hate him. Yeah, just yesterday. I yeah, it's like he's. Whereas, like Chris Helmsworth, the more I watch Chris Helmsworth, he's yeah, he's, the more I like him. Because in the early Thors that are so serious, you can still see that little bit. There's always when, a he, little... when he says in that scene, he's like, "You're all not worthy." And yeah. It's like, oh, I see where he takes that ball and runs. Yeah, away. he's got it. It's like sprinkled in all the movies, and it's just like it just took them to figure it out with whoever watched Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like, can oh. we agree that Thor: Dark World is the worst? Um, yeah, I think it, if I rank the Marvel movies, I think Dark World's towards the bottom. It's like Dark World and, um, I think probably like The Incredible Hulk because well, it's like, the, I, I like, like the Incredible Hulk, but it doesn't fit anymore. Well, it does. I mean, in the sense they recast, if they can recast War Machine, they can recast Banner. Yeah, but, uh, I think the problem with Hulk is that Mark Ruffalo is not playing Banner the way Ed Norton did, where Don Cheadle is kind of no, doing what Terrence Howard but did. But that movie's definitely... There's no continuity in the character of Banner. I well, mean, Robert Downey Jr. Continuity is in it. Because Robert Downey Jr. is in it. Uh, what's his name's in it? Um, uh, William Hurt is in it. William yeah. Hurt is Thunderbolt Yeah, Ross. because he comes back and in Civil War and... Hulk mentions in Avengers, he says, I broke Brooklyn. He's talking about yeah. the abomination. Yeah, fight. but I, I cannot rectify... Ed Norton and Mark Ruffalo the way I can rectify Terrence Howard and Don Cheadle because there's completely different takes on that character. Yeah. You know, where Ed Norton is a lot more strident and he's a lot more focused and he's like, get out of my way or I'll be the Hulk. And Mark Ruffalo is just worried, which 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 I just love. And yeah. I mean, he's and he's played that more and more. He's a better Hulk. Uh, I he's a much it. better Batman. But I think I, it's like those are my bottom two and then they'll, they'll change positions. Yeah, although, but Hulk like is a movie Hulk I like. Movie. I mean, I feel like I, I it's like as, to watch Dark World. It's as good as we're going to get. Dark World, I get to about an hour 15 and I'm like, I just can't watch this anymore it just it loses all plot it just loses the plot completely it's like a it's a background movie that's a movie i'll put on in the background if i'm doing stuff at home you know what i mean it's the only like, thing i like about it is chris o'dowd sea bass sea bass you know you know jane i'd like to sit here and see have you say sea oh, bass all day that guy <laughs> yeah. yeah he's great he's from the it crowd yeah He's Which, awesome, and I don't know. Sometimes there still puts in a solid performance as Thor. It's like it's more Thory stuff. It's such a, it's so weird. There's like those sideway portals, and then like Jane's possessed by an oh, Infinity yeah. Stone, yeah. And like Loki dies, but he doesn't die, and then and then they build up curse, but he doesn't do anything, and then they murder Frigga. It's there's just. And then there's just like these uh, Bespin spaceships that everyone's flying around. It's really all over the place. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess. Maybe even more than Iron Man too. 
yeah, definitely more than Iron Man 2, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so this is like a sequel podcast. This is what we got, yeah. Oh, you know what's a great sequel, though? Better than the first movie? Um, Winter Soldier Strikes Back. Winter Soldier's better than First Avenger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Winter Soldier was uh, the best movie until... And Civil War is better than Winter Soldier. I Captain America is the only franchise, and I always argue against separating the movies as franchises because it's all just Marvel. Yeah. But, but if you go by somebody's movies, Captain Mar- America is the only one that gets better yeah. with each movie because Winter Soldier's fine. Oh, I I think Winter Soldiers was one of the best ones they did. Uh, really? I oh, think it's yeah. I think it's good. The thing that I it was what I expected when I sat in the movie theater to see it. I was yeah. like, yeah, it's a Captain America movie. Um, when I go back, the thing I love about it is I always forget Tommy Lee Jones is in it, and then Tommy Lee Jones is my favorite thing in it. Oh, you mean the first Avenger? F- first Avenger. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's definitely. making me cry. Yeah, look at him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, he's great. He uh, yeah, Captain America, the first one's good, but it's then just Winter like, Soldier's much great. better. Winter and then Soldier's Civil much War, better. Civil War is still my favorite Marvel movie. Still, yeah, it's definitely up there because it it's not as big as Infinity War, but it manipulates my emotions. Well, it's, it's better a more than personal, any, yeah, than any of the movies. Well, it's I think. like it. I was telling you, I said it on this podcast. I was like, this is the one Marvel movie that every time I watch it, it makes me laugh out loud. It makes me cry. Yeah, every single time. Yeah. They did a great job with it. And it's good that they gave those guys kind of the keys of the kingdom, you know, it's like And talk uh, about talk about not adapting the book. I mean, Civil Oh, War, yeah. Civil War is a premise that we're I'm for the most part it's a it's one of the better events, but it's like here's the central premise, now everyone runs in a circle for eight issues and right. oh, we're going to steal the ending and put it in Captain America. Yeah. Civil War doesn't have an ending. Right. Because they were like, "Oh, no, we need to kill Captain America in his own book." So we can't you read the end of Civil War. He's supposed to die. Right. Yeah, Civil War, that's not Instead, a... Instead, they shoot him on the steps of the courthouse. It's not a great concept. It's a great concept, but it's not a great payoff, like a lot of the big events. But I think with the yeah. MCU, with well, these adaptations... And, Mar- and Marvel always used to take that last issue and just turn it into the teaser for the next event. Yeah, they were... It's a. Uh, that's the problem with the Marvel... Uh, events is that they just they're endless they just lead into each other but the what was the the last marvel event the last one last year oh the last one they just did is like an infinities war where they did like another infinity stone Um, story because of the movie oh yeah like the last event that sucked because yeah that was like civil war 2 i think was the last one i read which was when secret empire was after oh i didn't read it Um, yeah again nice premise but they they couldn't keep it together and then i think there was something in between secret empire and the Infinity thing. Well, some of them are just family crossovers. Right. So, I mean, it was like, um, you know, they just did Spider-Geddon, but it was only Spider-Man books. Yeah, I didn't even So it's that. like, that's not really a Marvel event. But it was the, the, it was the, fun. It wasn't as good as Spider-Verse, but it was entertaining enough. Yeah, it's like, I like Spider-Verse. It's like, I just, I didn't need a sequel to it. It was like, nah, I'm good. I'll sit this one yeah, out. Yeah, I'm all about Spider-Man lately, so. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I'll take him. Although, although, I'm all about Peter Parker, so I get a little less interested when it's like my name's miguel and i'm a spider-man and my name's my name's andy and i'm a spider-man yeah my name's jessica and i'm a spider girl but i call myself spider-man because i'm in a universe where men are women and right. women are men because <laughs> it's infinite universe yes um so yeah um what were you talking about i don't know 
I uh, we're not talking about oh, X Men. I know so that. So we were saying that uh, nobody ever does the um the MCU. It's like when they take liberties with the big storylines. It's like yeah, you want to do Civil War. The basic premise: Cap fights Iron Man. How does that work into the MCU? And it's like they kind of did it. It's like there's not a lot of reason for them to fight in that. It's like it worked though. It's like you know they did a good job. Well, I'll ask you this question: What was the last MCU movie? That the books did better. Um, like what book in the MC is better, and what comic is better f- than an MCU movie? Like, do, is an Ant Man book better than a movie? Yeah, I feel like every time they've adapted one of the comic stories, they've improved it. I mean, Civil War is better than the book. Uh, Winter Soldier is more concise because Winter Soldier was Edward Baker writing the book for five years. Yeah, I think Winter Soldier is better as a comic. Because they have, they have, it's like they have so much more to do with it. Yeah. And uh, Bucky had been dead in the comics for decades. In the movies, it's like, yeah, this guy was just in the last movie. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like that maybe was better. A lot of the stuff in the movies is better because it's like, um, like Guardians of the Galaxy is a good example. It's like I read the Ab- Abnett Landing stuff. That was yeah. really good. But it, the it movies was, did a better it job. It was of okay, it. but I found it. I I got like the complete trade and found it hard to finish by the end of it. Yeah, and it was. I mean, Guardians. They were trying to turn them into the Green Lantern Corps. It wasn't as far out as James Gunn did. Yeah, although, but James Gunn st- stylistically is was really in line with Favreau. So I think he, that's why he was the one guy who did his own thing and it was a big success. Yeah. Of course, now he's out of the Marvel Universe. Now he's doing Suicide Squad. Yeah, which I'm actually really excited for. Which like, they, let him change it up. They now say he's a reboot. <laughs> that's incredible. But, well, DC has given up on the connected universe now. Now they're just like, um, Wonder Woman was a hit and Aquaman was a hit. Oh, and they confirmed this week, uh, Ben Affleck is not Batman anymore. Wow, that's that confirmed, confirmed? Matt Reeves said this week that he wants a younger Bruce Wayne. They don't have, they haven't cast anyone, but he's basically saying he doesn't, he <sighs> doesn't want a 50-year-old Batman. So. He want, he, I'm sure he's going to get somebody like 30. Yeah. And people are like, John Hamm, and I'm like, John Hamm is 52. Yeah. There John Hamm was told. Too old to play Superman when Superman For Superman returns, returns. Which was like 10 years ago. That's like 14 years ago. That's yeah. Re- I think it's like. Yeah, it's like 13 years it's ago. Like 2006, I think. Yeah, it was before Mad Men. Um, yeah, I yeah, DC can't figure this shit out. It's like uh never ending story DC, over there. You know what? It makes so much sense. Uh DC is DC where it's like individually stuff works but they do not have a cohesive universe. When has DC ever had a cohesive universe? For it's 10 like 10 minutes hey, after crisis. <laughs> yeah, not even because they immediately started screwing that up. It was like Hawkman was a mess. Yeah, well, they actually, uh, I used to argue with uh, this guy that used to work at 10th Planet Forever Go with us, this guy Jeff, who's a manager. He's a great guy. And uh, a really, really good, probably the best manager of a comic book store I've ever seen, and I include myself in this category. Like, he's better at my job than I was. <laughs> but um, me and Jeff always used to fight, because I love Hawkman. I'm like, nah, he's awesome. And Jeff's like, explain his origin to me in like three minutes or less. And you can't do it, because no. Hawkman's a mess. Well, the thing was, Hawkman was never that popular character, so they rebooted him, and he's one of those where if your character's not that popular, you reboot them in a completely different way, and yeah. sometimes it's the Flash, where yeah, it's like, oh, this, or Green Lantern, where yeah. like, oh, this is better, 
but none of the reboots really stuck. And then people were like, but I like the old one. And then by the time he got to the 90s, they were just like, um, all of the reboots count. Yeah. And they were completely confident. Well, I would recommend if anyone is interested in reading, there's two things on Hawkman I would recommend. Jeff John's Hawkman run is awesome. Mm-hmm. And he goes into like the origin a little bit. But don't about, you have like, to read some of his Justice Society to get Which I would recommend even more than Hawkman because Justice Society of America was phenomenal. I never and, finished it. I got like 30 issues in and I just kind of oh, dropped off. That's like... Uh, I mean, it's a long run. It's, it's like, a long run. It's like... Uh, it competes with Avengers for how good it is for me. It's And it's two books because it was like JSA and then they came out with a new number one that was like Justice Society of America. Yeah. So there, there's over 100 issues. It's a lot, but it's worth it. I... Uh, I think it's three omnibuses, which is bananas. That's his, you know what? That's as much as his Green Lantern run. And he didn't write all of his Green Lantern run because yeah. the Green Lantern core issues that tied in were all Pete Tomasi. And those are included in the omnibus. Right. So it's more, it's than, more than that. And that's, and I, I would say that's what he is now known for as Green Lantern. His Flash run is also really good. Yeah. His Flash run's really good. And that's three small omnibuses. Yeah. And that's worth reading too. But uh, they're doing a new Hawkman series right now that Brian Hitch has been drawing that some guy I don't know is writing it and they're doing like it's been fun it's like uh i rarely stick with dc books this long and i've probably read like 12 issues of this and they're just going like a deep dive into like what's hawkman's deal and it's like they're laying it out for you yeah and it's interesting and is brian it- hitch is doing like cool art which uh i used to be a huge fan of his and then he kind of stumbled for the last since he left ultimates <laughs> and this is like the first book it's like oh, okay he's like kind of still got it you know yeah. it's not as great as that stuff but it's still pretty good it's funny i always get brian hitch and david finch confused i think just because the sound of their names oh david finch i'm not a fan of there you go he's uh not great <laughs> he uh when the new 52 started they had him write and draw dark knight and it yeah. was one of the worst things the first thing he did was turn two-face into the hulk let me say that again. Yeah. The first thing he did was turn Two-Face into the Hulk. Yeah, that's dumb. It was. And I think they did the same thing. They gave Brian Hitch a book, and it was, hey, write and draw this. And I can't remember. It was Justice League, and it was terrible. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it looked Wasn't decent. Justice League of America? I think it was Justice League of yeah. America. And it was this huge relaunch. I mean, I remember at the store, we had like 100 copies of number one because it was supposed to be It was a big deal. deal. And wasn't oh. there like a variant for every state? Yeah, they did the state variants with it, which was oh, yeah. a cool idea, but the variants kind of sucked, and and then only everyone wanted the Illinois, so we got hung with 49 states no one gives a shit about. And then uh, that, in that book, I think by the time it got to like issue seven, we went from ordering 100 of the first copy. We were down to like 12. Well, that And that's what happened with Just League now, like when Scott Snyder took over. Yeah. It was supposed to be I was reading it. I was reading it. And then I just like, I just gave up. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And they're doing stuff I like. They did the Legion of Doom. They did the Hall of mm-hmm. Justice. They were doing all this like really interesting stuff. And it's like, they haven't really figured out how to do Justice League really good since like before the new 52. It's like they've had a lot of good false starts and stops. They start it, it's good for three issues, and then it falls off. Yeah, I'm trying to think what the last one Well, I liked the opening new 52 arc with Jim Lee and Jeff Johns because it was just a big, big splashy fight, but it didn't really go anywhere. And I came right. back. After I, that, it didn't go I anywhere. came back and read that Dark Side War. It yeah. was like his last arc, and I couldn't follow it. I read it. that, and I didn't understand it. I mean, you know what? Now, uh, you know, time moves on. We're getting old. Grant Morrison was 20 years ago. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. That's like, uh, that's almost as long ago as Geffen Damas was on Justice League International. Yeah. Like, as we were just saying about, like, Siege and uh, Civil War, it's now comics history. Yeah, it's a weird thing to kind of look back and be like, where does this, like, land? 
And I got the Mark Wade and Rowingo Fantastic Four Omnibus this week because they did a sale at, mm -hmm. what's that place? In Stock Trades. In Stock Trades. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this is when they rebooted it. It was yeah. part of the reboot from the 1998 Heroes Reborn stuff. Yeah, but, but it, he didn't but take it wasn't over selling. until... Well, and that, they had trouble with that. I mean, the one thing that came out of the Heroes Return which I know is your favorite one is the Kurt Bosiak, George yeah. Perez Avengers run. And then he was also doing Iron Man with Sean Chan. And that was, mm, it wasn't that It wasn't as great. great. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's a okay. good Iron Man run. For Iron Man, it's like, it's good. It's like Dan Jurgens on Thor. It's yeah, like, it's, it's not Walt Simonson. Or Dan Jurgens on Captain America. Same thing. It's like, it's good. Dan Jurgens on great. anything. I mean, yeah. let, let's, let's be fair about Dan Jurgens. He's entertaining. Yes. But I couldn't point to anything. I wouldn't ever say he's uh, my favorite writer. I'll say he's a solid writer. No, I mean, people just point to the death of Superman because it was an event. But uh, you read the death of Superman, it's entertaining. Right. Yeah, it's not uh, It's not nightfall. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's not nightfall. Yeah, which was happening no at, the, at the same time. Yeah, but here, but Fantastic Four really stumbled where it was supposed to be Lubdell and Alan Davis. And they oh, did three issues. They're gorgeous. It's some of the best work Alan Davis ever did. And then by issue four, he's gone. The Rocket's in. And the Rocket was in his anime phase. Yeah. Like, you know, he went from anime to like photorealistic, which I've never seen an artist like yeah, jump that it's far. so different. Like his fraction run with Iron Man is nothing like his 90s. And then like Claremont came in and Claremont didn't know what to do with it. And then Pacheco and Loeb did, did a run yeah. and they didn't know what to do with it. And then when Wade and Ringo came on, they did a 12-cent issue. Yeah, that's when I started that re uh, first reading issue Fantastic Four. so good. Four. Yeah. And it is. It's one of the four runs of Fantastic Four. That's great, which is ironic because once – if Dan Slott's <laughs> – Dan Slott's run right now is entertaining. If Dan yeah. Slott's run ends up uh, becoming great, then we will finally have – more good runs of the Fantastic Four than we have members, members of, of the Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that Wade Ringo run is so good, and that man, it just holds up. Where you can feel by the end of it. I had the oversized hardcovers they were coming out with at the time. They were three volumes, and yeah. Mark Wade signed my volume one, which is why I'll never get rid of it. Yeah, um, but by the end, it was like there's this feeling of like, hey, we didn't do Galactus yet. Like, how do we do a really different Galactus? And you're like, oh my God, this story is great. Hey, we didn't do the Frightful Four yet. Yeah. And they hit all of the big stories yeah. and then out. There is this kind of thing you see of like, kind of like uh, creative teams going around and like kind of doing a checkoff list on, here's the things we want to do yeah. before we bounce. And it's like, you could see Tom King is doing it on Batman where it's like, all right, right. here's my Penguin story. It's like, I did it, it with a story. Right I did now. a Joker yeah. story. Uh, the it, Mr. Free story could be the best story he's done. Right, and it's like Mr. Freeze was barely in that story. It you was, know? but yeah, but it was about him. it was about him, and yeah. that might yeah, my, that might be one of the best Mr. Freeze stories. And I think well, this idea that these... well, the War of Jokes and Riddles is interesting because you started out and you're like, oh, Joker fights Riddler. Yeah, you don't see it. Yeah, you just you just see them. It's they, it's a, they're dealing with everything around. Well, it. it's a mob war, so you see Joker and Riddler really sitting at desks, getting very angry about the other person. Yeah, like you don't see them. What you would think is them laughing and punching each other on a rooftop never happens. We spent two issues with Kite Man. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. I like that he loves Kite Man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I want a Kite Man figure. Although yeah. the DC license is as broken as the DC movies and the DC universe. Yeah. So I don't know who we're getting. I just ordered a Kyle Rayner Mattel Green Lantern figure. It's probably one of the last ones I'll get. Yeah. Is it the classic costume? It's the new one. So it's that... Mm, 
It's that mix of the classic with like a. It's like the modern throwback. Yeah, but he's got like a. He's got a normal Green Lantern symbol. Yeah, but he has the black and white. But it doesn't. It doesn't wrap around the side into the back, which I really like. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I love that costume. I do too. It's like I know people have like weird feelings about that costume, but uh, I was reading Green Lantern. Right, I didn't know it was going like how Jordan was like a truck driver in space or something weird, and then yeah. they killed he had, him. He had Reed Richard hair, yeah, which I thought was good. cool. The hair, you know, and then then Kyle showed up, and then that was like that's been my Green Lantern because I was like, oh, cool, here's the new Green Lantern, and I love the art on that. Daryl Banks yeah. and Paul Pelletti are uh, Ron Mars. Ron Mars, writing. he's another one of those like really great writers where he, it's like he's underrated. He's man. been it's on like, the show. Go back and listen yeah. to us talk about Kyle Rayner for an hour. Yeah, it's really kind of cool. Um, and I know some like crazy stuff came out of it, like girls in refrigerators, is like yeah. this like stain on it. His... Became a trope. Well, yeah. it's it's the comics jump the shark, but, right? You know the same thing with uh, jump the shark was like Happy Days was a great show, right? That wasn't a great moment, yeah. Uh, and of course, jump the shark means like all the moments afterwards not as good, right? But, but it's still considered a classic. Like you're right, that girl in the refrigerator, it's designed only to shock, yeah. And you know she doesn't have much of a character. She's set up to get. Right, she's the the idea is that yeah, and that's like I understand why that's not a great thing, but this idea that the what I liked about that book was um he's a new hero and it's like every time his new hero is like they're just awesome at it, and Kyle Rayner just got his ass kicked for like five years. Everyone he fought beat the crap out of him. He fought Mongol. Mongol beat the crap out of him. He had like Superman show up to save him. It was like. Well, at the time, major force kicked the crap out of him. You know, it was just like really cool. just this idea that this guy, just because you get like the most powerful weapon in the universe doesn't mean you're a badass. It's like, this guy just got his ass beat. Yeah, we're reading those issues at the time. I was like, oh, DC finally has a Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah, it was very Peter Parker-ish. Yeah, those are really great. And I love, and that's such an original costume, that crab mask. And- yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah I love that I, suit. Uh, yeah, so they finally made that. Visor. But he's got the he's got the high halai uh, elbow pads. The big and- gloves. Yeah. Yep. They're like gauntlets. Yeah, the knee pads. No, do you think the other thing I loved about it? It's such a minor detail, but I love that he's doesn't wear a ring over a glove. Because who does that? Oh yeah, like he has a ring on his bare finger. fingers. Like yeah. I don't put on I don't put on gloves and then put a ring over, over my glove. It. Yeah, it's like my ring is inside the glove. And it always seemed weird to me that Hal Jordan was like, it felt dainty. Yeah. It was like, oh, I can't touch my own ring. So yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me put it on, over on my, my white glove. glove. <laughs> it's the source of your power. You could hold that goddamn thing. Yeah. The other thing about Green Lantern that always drives me crazy is he's called Green Lantern, and the lantern is a thing that sits at home. Yeah, it's in his apartment. He's you not know? Green Ring. Right. It's, it's all about the ring. A Green Lantern sounds better. It's almost like you would call Bruce Wayne Batcave. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the Batcave. Why? Because weird. when I'm done, I go back to a Batcave. Right. I recharge this thing. I recharge in my Batcave. Yeah. The greatest thing in the world. This week. Uh, so I keep meaning to talk about this, and then I keep forgetting this is a thing I'm really enjoying. But they did, um, they're rebooting Captain Marvel because the movie's coming out. Okay. The... Is Kelly Sue DeConnick still writing it? Yes. Okay. And she did a mini series where they're like, they kind of dive deeper into Carol's origin, and it turns out, spoilers, uh, her mom was like a Cree agent sent here, which I'm not like thrilled that that's like, she could have just been an Air Force pilot that got caught in an explosion with Captain Marvel and got superpowers. But no, 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 she's like a Cree the whole time. She's half Cree. It's just unlocked her powers. That's not great. The... She's a little bit of a mess. I'm I'm looking forward to the movie cleaning her up. For sure. Her origin. 
I mean, so, once you start to talk about things like binary and that she's part of Rogue, it's it gets a little tricky. We, I think, when the trailer came out, that was half of our podcast, right? Um, but they relaunched Captain Marvel with a new number one, like uh, um, a month ago or something, or a couple weeks ago. And I read the first issue, and I was just like, uh, I was like, yeah, I am a hundred percent on board with this book. It's phenomenal. They've got her in a good place finally, where. She's on the Avengers. She's one of the premier like superheroes in the Marvel Universe. She's like a big deal. And then so just having like a, a a back history that's like been consistent for a few years does a lot to cleaning up a character as far as like what they can do. Like she was dating Rhodey for a while and then he, Thanos punched him through the chest. Oh, yeah. And, and killed him. Uh, Is he still dead? He came back with... Mm. Um, I actually don't know how. That's the when. most comic book conversation we can possibly have. Is, yeah. is he still dead? Right, still dead, right? Because yeah. everyone comes back. Now, we were talking about Wolverine like that a few months ago. Yeah, and he's back. And he's back. Um, but it's just, it's like, it's a really solid first issue. And they do this thing, and I love when they do this in comics. I don't know if you're a fan of this at all. But they're like, oh no, she got lost in a portal. And then they're like, I hope Carol's okay. And they're like, well, she's Captain Marvel. She'll be fine. And then the last page is like, Captain Marvel in like a tattered, uh, wrecked costume with like post-apocalyptic like gear on, with like a band of other superheroes that have like survived in the apocalypse. And I'm like, yeah, I'm on board with this. Okay. <laughs> Anytime you want to go to like the future and show me like, oh, Captain Marvel is like leading a band of like uh, other superheroes and they're like this apocalyptic resistance movement. I'm like, yeah, I'm on board for this. Although I would say every time a superhero uh, suit be- is in tatters, yeah, it always seems like it was their suit was made out of a plastic bag. It's always yeah. these sharp edges. Yeah. And it's like, you're wearing tights. So how do they get ripped off of your shoulder and right. your shoulder's not bleeding? How does it look like this? That's uh, always weird. I, I did like that period where like Spider-Man would always get the mouthpiece ripped open. It yeah. Like, just be like these it's just hang. hanging. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a good look. Or when his lens gets cracked. Cracked, yeah. I like when they have a that was. Lens. I think it was McFarlane was the first time I saw that. When he mm. fought the lizard when he launched his Spider-Man book, which is not well written. Yeah. Yeah, he's not great. No. Um, my greatest thing this week is uh, Marvel Legends are kicking back into gear. And uh, I just got... Uh, they build a kingpin, which is one of the nicest Spider-Man sets I've ever gotten. But there's a ton of movie stuff out. And I just ordered the second set of Black Panther movie figures, uh, which is unique for two reasons. Number one, they've gone back a year later because Black Panther is so important. It's yeah, nominated for Best Picture. They clearly didn't know how big a deal that was going to be. Yeah, that they're like... I'm The first The first was like, it was like three or four figures. They threw a couple of comic figures in there. There's like a Namor and a Black Bolt and an Iron Man, clearly showing how much they cared about Black Panther yeah. when they put out the first set. But not only are they going back a year later to do more characters from this movie. Uh, they've never, they almost never do a second set from a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are no comic figures in this line and I cannot remember that ever happening. Yeah. There's no like, ah, here's a comic version of Black Panther. You know, here's, um, and they've done a few characters like they, they did Shuri and Claus, a two pack for Toys R Us right before Toys R Us folded. But there, it's full, even the build of figures in Baku. And, uh, I was looking at it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this aside for now. I want to get the Spider-Man set. There's a Jim Lee Professor X coming, which is like a big deluxe package in the hover chair. Yeah, that's really cool. Looking. And that's where I want to focus. But I've been realizing lately since the 10th anniversary line came out last summer that the MCU Marvel Legends figures are now run as deep as Star Wars. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you can get pretty much any character that's been in these movies. 
and uh, the Captain Marvel set is out now. And I already picked up the comic figures. There was a Greg Gargoyle in there and a Cree yeah. Sentry build a figure. So it's got comic figures in there. Um, but there's like four or five movie figures. And usually, I mean, up until even Age of Ultron, I was like, yeah, I'll skip the movie figures. I don't care. Thor Ragnarok, I came back like six months later to get. Yeah. Because I was like, I just want the comic figures. I've been collecting Marvel Legends since the Toy Biz days. I want more characters in the Marvel Universe. Uh, but I'm realizing now it's like, no, the MC universe is getting just as big. I actually reorganized all my figures. So the MCU like has a dedicated whole like, amount of bins. Yeah. They, well, now you have to break it up by like property. Well, like there's Guardians, so many. Yeah. It's like here and Avengers. Yeah. And it just brings home again, like how important these movies are to fandom. I always think back to when. Lord of the Rings was out and Toy Biz had the Lord of the Rings license. And I remember saying at the time, I'm like, finally, we have a property that's going to be as big as Star Wars. This is going to run forever. And yeah. Toy Biz made a lot of Lord of the Rings and they were in that Marvel Legends style, that early Marvel Legends style. They're great likenesses. They're really articulated. There were lots of different kinds of orcs. Yeah. Uh, it was a beautiful line. And I wish The Hobbit had come close to that. I also wish the movies had come close yeah. to that. <laughs> Uh, but after Return of the King, just dried up. They yeah. tried doing a trilogy line. They were like, here's all three movies. But once the movies were done, people were like, eh, I'm done with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, we're never going to see that again. We're never going to have Star Wars again because, you know, Star Wars is constantly pumping out figures. There's uh, Empire Strikes Back Princess Leia Marvel Legends style figure that I want to get. Like, we're constantly getting characters from these movies that have what came out 40 years ago. Yeah. And I'm starting to think the MCU can do it. Yeah. I mean, there's I no see... end in sight for the movies. Yeah. I think that's the big thing is we talked on this on all previous podcasts is like, Oh man, it's like, it'll dry up at some point. And it's like, I don't know. Like the biggest two movies they Star did Wars still were last year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As long, I mean, as long as the execution's good, people will go. Um, I have a friend of mine, which I, I am fascinated by this story, but like her husband made her watch infinity war and we were talking about uh, Iron Man 1. She's like, I've never seen Iron Man 1. I'm like, wait, what Marvel movies have you seen? Yeah. And she's like, not a lot of them. And I'm like, how did Infinity War make any sense to yeah, you? Yeah, was she really I'm like, lost? She's pretty lost. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to have a second conversation about like, did you know what the Guardians were? Yeah. <laughs> like... Because it's the climax of twenty movies, right? That's the thing is like it's if it's if there's any problem with it, and there's a lot. The biggest one is if you haven't been along for the ride yet, you're fucking lost. Man. Well, isn't that the problem with comics? Yeah, it, mean, yeah. It's like it is exactly like comics. It's like here's uh, ten years of movies, and it's like uh, the comics is like here's 60, 60 years of Marvel continuity yeah. you have to read. I mean, you don't have to read, but it's like you know you're gonna be lost. Well, when I was a kid in the early eighties, which was actually what we were gonna talk about this podcast, and we did not do it. Uh, in the early eighties, I mean, the Marvel universe was twenty years old, and I was still lost for five or six months. I was reading like Uncanny X Men and Spider Man, yeah, Amazing Spider Man, but there were asterisks all over the place. Yeah, they don't really do that anymore. No, oh, there they was do recap, something that happened because they do recap pages. I, well, yeah, they didn't used to do that, the, they which used is to open good that they splash. have. Yeah. I think that's helpful. DC doesn't do it because they're idiots. But uh, something happened in Spider Man. You're reading the new reboot, real quick of the Spider Man. Yeah, the Nick Spencer. Yeah, no, not that one. There's a different one that just really launched like friendly neighborhood or something. i haven't read the first issue tom taylor's doing that something happened in that that they referenced in a different spider-man book okay i can't remember what it was it was in the last issue of spider-man with like the rhino 
Oh, Rhino. I'm a Rhino. Oh, well, yeah, Rhino's in the new Nick Spencer. I think I'm a couple inches behind because it's negative 25 degrees outside. Yeah, hard to get to the stores. And unless I buy them on Comixology, I'm not buying my comics. Yeah. Um, but if you want to tell us what comics you're reading, hey, I tell you what, why don't you just tell us how warm it is where you live? Yeah. No, or rather, yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want to hear about how everyone else is living in positive temperatures. Yeah, we jumped 60 degrees in three days. It's now 40. Yeah, welcome to Chicago. Oh, my God. Uh, but let us know. I'm at not in my book on Instagram and Twitter. Those are the official Caffeinated Comics social media f- feeds. You can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Caffeinated Comics, where we post all the news. And how do we follow Stephen? You can follow Stephen on Instagram occasionally uh, at the Brave Butter Pecan. Um, to listen to the show, you can do that at three places. You could do it at Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes. Wow, uh, no pause. Are, no pause. Yeah, I was practicing. Um, and that's uh, where the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.